Hello and welcome to Called Bing Sports. This is take number two for the Utah Jazz Denver Nuggets post game. So sorry for getting it out to you a bit late. Recording this the morning after due to the fact that last night's did not have audio. So <laughs> fingers crossed that you're hearing me right, right now and let's get into this. The Jazz were able to beat the Nuggets last night by a final score of 108 to 104. Um, had a bit of a bigger lead, um, not too big, but definitely let it get a bit close for comfort down the stretch. But they were able to snap their five-game losing streak um, to a team that, frankly, was missing four of its five starters. Um, you know, you're still Jokic wasn't able to play, and Murray still hasn't come back, and Porter Jr. is out for the season. So when you're missing two of the guys who are supposed to be your big three, um, I say supposed to. I will count Jamal Murray in that, but Porter Jr., not not sure what's going to come of him. And then the other guy you're missing, you know, ends up not being able to play is the former MVP. Like, Jokic is amazing. Um, we weren't going to have a chance to beat them without Gobert, um, especially when you factor in that white side's gone, like missing your two starting centers just well, wasn't going to work out well. But thankfully, um, the Jazz were able to pick up a win despite also missing five of their um, – also missing a lot of guys. They were missing five of their eight main guys. Um, one of them being Joe Ingles. And I'm sure Dale and I will do a bit more of a deep dive into how Joe being out for the season um, is really going to hurt the Jazz. Or, I mean, theoretically, it could be a motivator. But I think missing him as a whole is going to be a big negative unless the Jazz are able to make um, a trade that I just frankly don't see coming in the next you know week or so before the trade deadline. So that, that'll be interesting to see, but do need to give a big shout out to the young guys for last night. Let me pull up their stats so that I am able to make sure I relay those correctly to you guys. Um, Doak getting his second start in his NBA career, um, actually both have been against the Nuggets. So that's really interesting, was able to get eight points um, on four of seven shooting from the field. So pretty good there. Um, 10 rebounds, three of those being offensive. So really close to securing a double-double. And Overall, um, in his 35 minutes, sorry, in his 22 minutes, he did a really good job. I'm still excited. I understand that maybe there could have been some better pickups there um, in that year, but I still think there's a lot of potential for Doak. Um, obviously, his injuries um, have been somewhat concerning, but Gobert had injuries towards the beginning of his career that thankfully didn't manifest into anything. So I'm I'm hoping for it to be the same for him. Um, Trent Forrest also got the start, was able to put up 18 points on six of seven shooting from the field, um, five of six from the line. Just stellar game from him. Um, in his 39 minutes, he was shockingly effective. Um, he also, you know, um, dished out eight assists. So again, this is kind of like a battle of two whatevers between the G League and NBA. So obviously we can't necessarily take um, – Trent Forrest, you know, doing this and say, oh, look what he could do any given night. But I am excited to see that. I do think he'll be getting a lot of Joe Ingles minutes. Um, he's four inches shorter than Joe. So that could be problematic um, as the Jazz really have very little length to begin with. So downsizing there isn't going to be the best. But Trent Forrest has definitely shown that he deserves um, a chance to prove himself. And I hope that's in Utah. But he also is probably one of the more tradable pieces. So Back to the trade deadline, um, what's going to happen there? But the issue you run into with him is his contract is so small that even though he has a decent amount of upside, what you can't get a lot back for him just based on contract size. 
So other young players that deserve a shout out are Elijah Hughes, um, two for four from the field in his 11 minutes for five points. And Jared Butler um, had a, a rough night, um, but scoring wise, but he's going to get better. And again, I mean, he's just a rookie, but in his 29 minutes, five of 11 from the field. So five of six from two and O of five from three. So definitely needs to work on his three-point shooting. Rudy Gay also struggled. And we'll talk a bit more about the Jazz's struggles in three-point shooting um, in a minute. But he, he was able to get 10 points. He was plus three when he was on the court, able to dish out three assists. Overall, just a bad night from three for him and really a bad night from three overall for the whole team. I mean, Trent Forrest shot over 50% at one of one. Um, Mike Conley shot 60% at um, three of five, right? And then when you look at it, like Pascal, one for three. Elijah Hughes, one for three. Royce O'Neal, one for four. Um, Bogdanovich, 0 for three. Rudy Gay, 0 for five. And Butler, 0 for five, like we mentioned. It was a really bad night um, from three for the Jazz. They shot 24%. And I'm frankly floored that they were able to win um, shooting that low of a percentage. What really really helped them was they did a phenomenal job of scoring in the paint. Um, they got 64 points to the 22 to the 42 points for Denver. So obviously things are different, you know, with Rudy Gobert and Jokic on the court, but the Jazz were able to take advantage of the paint and apparently did a pretty good job of defending it, at least in comparison. So that was really big. The Jazz also turned the ball over eight times um, in comparison to 14 turnovers for the Nuggets. And that was really big since the Jazz got seven more shot attempts made the same amount as the Nuggets um, and were able to outscore the Nuggets um, by 12 points off of turnovers. So the Jazz scored 20 points off of turnovers compared to eight for the Nuggets. So really just good night for a Utah team that really needed to get out of a slump. Um, I can't say it enough. Like this last stretch has been terrible. January was just a horrendous month. I don't remember the total number of losses, but the Jazz have really fallen from fallen from the heavens um, since COVID struck them. And since um, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell Mitchell now have different injuries and Mitchell's concussion seems to be keeping him out for an indefinite period of time. It looks like he still has symptoms. There was apparently some um, confusion and it looked like he had been getting back into game shape, but he is still out in the concussion protocol. So I really hope for him. He does better. Um, Obviously concussions are not a good thing to have. And he's had a couple of them these last two years. So I hope he gets better. I hope he can get back to the court soon, but um, really mostly hoping for his health. And Gobert, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be out. I really struggle with bringing back only one or two guys right now, especially when, you know, Hassan is hurt. And, excuse me, and um, you also have Clarkson who's hurt. And those guys need to come back, but it is kind of hard to, I don't want them to come back early, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, like I risking injury um, just to maybe play a bit better isn't the best when you're missing as many players as the Jazz are. And I'm excited to see what happens against the Nets. Um, I believe KD is still out. Kyrie Irving will be able to play since it's here in Salt Lake City. It's a game that the Jazz will have a chance to win, but it's still going to be difficult, especially if you still have um, the majority of your starting rotation out. So Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, Please like, um, follow wherever you're at and um, leave some comments. We love to continue the discussion. 
Um, we just really appreciate you guys watching. So go jazz. <laughs>